anybody there? Hi, how are you? Hey, good. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited. Awesome. Awesome. So let's start at the beginning, shall we? Um, sure, yeah. Can you tell me where you're from or a little bit about yourself, where your journey begins? Yeah. Um, so I am from Los Angeles, born and raised. Um, I was born in Pasadena, and then I grew up in the Inglewood and South Central areas. And yeah, I've always been a writer. I've written ever <laughs> since I was very young. Um, <laughs> since before I knew how to write, actually, because I have distinct memories of um, having stories in my head, but not knowing how to read or write. So I would just mm. like take pieces of printer paper and like scribble things <laughs> on them and then go to family members and be like, this is what this means. And this is what this story should be. And so, yeah, I've always been really interested in um, expressing myself that way and um, always been involved in uh, theater, performing arts, the whole nine. So nice. Mm-hmm. So do you remember the first thing that you ever wrote or what's the first thing that you remember writing? If you can go that far. The first thing I can remember writing is probably a poem in fourth grade about stars. About- <laughs> 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 <It's not silly. laughs> nice. Nice. Isn't that interesting? I mean, what what do you think it was about? Wow. You know, what's interesting is I've always been really fascinated by the night sky, like ever since I was a child. I think I've always on some level been um, maybe a little bit of an existential person. So I used to like (laughs) I used to get a kick out of just staring at the sky and and asking what's out there and what does it mean that we're here and all of this is up there. And, you know, does that mean that there's like an infinite out there and we're just like the size of, you know, a pea or whatever. So (laughs) I think it was just like an expression of my fascination with um, possibly discovering if there's more to life or more beyond what we could see. Mm -hmm. So did uh, family encourage that when you were younger or was that kind of a rarity? Were they like, yeah, you, you go do what you want to (laughs) do. It's definitely a rarity. (laughs) I think um, they were very encouraging in that they, they saw that I had an interest in, in the arts. And so they always, um, pushed me to do that and involved me in creative endeavors. But I was definitely kind of, um, I was definitely kind of, uh, I don't know if black sheep is necessarily the right term, but <laughs> I was definitely very different from the other people in my family. Cause I was always just more introspective. I come from a family of very extroverted people and I'm like pretty introverted by comparison. Mm. So yeah. 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 No, I, I kind of get that. You feel like you need to retreat for a moment. You need to you know, kind of observe right. things and then maybe document and, and things like that. But um, so when did you uh, decide to take the leap and to pursue your writing a little bit more seriously? Um, was that a little bit later or was that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I always had the talent for it and I always had the desire to pursue it seriously. But for a long time, I think I was just very stubborn and um, you know, not really willing to put in the necessary um, commitment. Uh, mm-hmm. So I kind of struggled with it for many years of my life, especially as a teenager, and went back and forth on whether or not it was something that I wanted to do versus whether I wanted to try and pursue something that was a little bit more practical, a little bit more grounded and consistent. Um, but, you know, I'm just really at the core of who I am. I'm just an artist. And mm-hmm. so it took like a decent amount of time for me to 
come to a place in my life where I was able to recognize, you know, this is what I want to do and this yeah. is what I have to focus on. And mm-hmm. I think that probably happened when I was in my early 20s. It mm-hmm. happened not that long ago, within yeah. like the last like three or four years or so. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. So I noticed that you, you do a little bit of uh, journalism as well, if I'm not mistaken. I do, yeah. Okay. Can you tell me a bit about that and how that integrates a little bit or how you went about finding that uh, as okay. an interest? It kind of just came to me, honestly. Um, I, I guess there is a part of me that always envisioned myself working in media um, because I've always been very interested in uh, print media specifically. And then it just kind of started to happen in my real life. So when I was um, 23, I got an internship at BuzzFeed. So that was kind of my first experience in working in media mm-hmm. and um, you know, doing editorial work. And from then on, I started working at a number of different literary magazines. And um, recently, I went back to school last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was looking for a writing focus program. I go to UCLA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I realized that the only the only program that would have taken uh, my financial aid <laughs> was journalism. And I'm very open and I, I tend to kind of lead my life um, from the principle of I just enjoy Mm. the universe kind of showing me things and like okay well if this door is closed but this door opens up then maybe this is where i'm meant to go so i just try to remain open yeah and you know i really enjoy it i think it's very important especially now you know it's very important to um you know present ethical journalism to the world so Mm -hmm. yeah it was a very happy mistake that kind of came (laughs) about (laughs) no i i appreciate the honesty because i i feel like when we're younger we have an ambition that seems totally wholly blind. I remember being young and because I'm a performer, you know, and I, I wrote and directed and stuff like that. I always had what I called the delusion, right. Of this mm-hmm. one thing has to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm not going to be happy ever again in the yeah. history of the world. And so yeah. I really appreciate that because I kind of learned that a little bit later in life that you just kind of yeah. have to be open to do the best you can with what you have. So, um, can you tell me of some of the journey that you started with with art and, and that curation? Because I noticed that there there was a project that you had on your Twitter recently, and I, I was just yeah. kind of wanted to know a bit more about that. Oh, yeah, that was an incredible experience. Um, I've always been really interested in art curating, and I've always enjoyed going to galleries and museums ever since I was very young. So, again, that was another <laughs> dream that I had and didn't quite know how I would be able to get there. But um, I, I like to think that I went into the pandemic one way and I came out of it um, a very different way, as I'm sure many people did. But I realized that, you know, I just wanted to pursue my dreams, honestly, um, to the fullest extent that I could, no matter what. Um, and so that, that was my goal in coming out of the pandemic. Once things started to open back up again, I was like, OK, I need to find community with other artists again, because I felt that that was really lacking from my life and I really miss that um and I have lots of friends in the art scene in Los Angeles so I have a friend who's a musician and I was uh they gave an interview to a print publication and I was reading it and they mentioned that they uh started off by joining a couple different artist collectives in LA and so I was like hmm I should probably do that (laughs) so I literally hopped on Google and I was like LA artist collectives but you know most collectives I think primarily accept um visual artists only so I was hopeful that I could find a collective that accepted writers. And I did, um, which is the Level Ground Collective in Los Angeles. And 
joined them and you know i i noticed that they were putting together a group show for the first time in probably about um two or three years i think at the time because of the pandemic they calmed down a little bit um and i'd never they were looking for a curator i'd never done it before <laughs> i had no experience um had never been in any kind of management or leadership position ever in life, not even like in retail or anything. But I saw that and I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> How <laughs> so, exciting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I accepted the position and it was um, definitely a journey. I learned a lot very quickly. I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about the process of collaboration and how important it is to kind of stay present in the moment and, you know, again, trust and have faith that everything's going to come together as it's intended to. And yeah, it was incredible. I had an amazing team of um, collaborators and co-creators who worked on it with me. Lang Snall, Mayu, Rebecca Mai, and Liliana Epps, who are also all artists in the LA area. And we put together, I truly like have, uh, like, I wouldn't change anything about how it turned out. It was incredible. Like we had three musicians perform. We had poetry readings. Uh, we had short films oh, and man. we had work from about 30 artists in total and they were all um marginalized voices primarily so that was something that was also really important to me mm -hmm. and yeah the whole thing was set up uh, we had this idea the theme of the show was polarity like opposites mm -hmm. coming together and how there's a lot of um transmutation i think involved in um the current experience of moving through life and you know 2023 um, and just how it's important to maintain a sense of perspective. So even if things seem, you know, um, disquieting or disconcerting or what have you, there's always a silver lining and there's always something positive mm -hmm. to glean from those experiences. So yeah. um, we had the idea of creating the entire show to, to look like um, the inside of this big, bright, colorful house. So it was also very uh, unique to a lot of other art shows I've been to, but it was it was a really beautiful experience i feel very fortunate to have been oh, able man. to be a part of it yeah that sounds like a dream i mean there's so many questions that i want to ask you because it sends us in a, in a whole bunch of different directions uh especially with community and how you're able to contribute to a group like that and it is kind of a trial by fire you are sort of putting the pieces as you as you go but can you remember a time during that process where you met a really difficult challenge that you that questioned you that you were like i don't know if i should even be here and then yeah. you you pushed forward and you were able to figure it out creatively um you know honestly i think i think a lot of it every every step of it was a new challenge in some regard also again being um more of an introverted person and being someone who you know experiences anxiety it was a lot of it. I think that the biggest challenge really was just being able to get out of my own way and to trust that, you know, despite the fact that this was all new to me, you know, I was working with great people and we were going to be able to get this off the ground no matter what. And it was a very loving environment. And so I think just being able to put myself in a position where I was able to just have faith in myself really and trust that because I had this desire i had the passion for it and i think that even if you don't have the experience necessarily passion will carry you very far because people will recognize that in you and like they'll help nurture it and you know you'll just you'll be able to bring 
a real thread of authenticity to whatever you're doing. So I think just learning how to lean into that versus like being in a state where, you know, you're constantly thinking, oh my gosh, well, I've never done this before and I'm scared and, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like they say in spiritual communities, you always have to choose love over fear. Mm-hmm. And so I think just navigating that was right. the biggest, the most important. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. What a beautiful learning experience. That that just sounds like a blast. I wish we had more of those here where I am, but those those are few and far between. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um with um the work that you that you've done curating and being exposed to all of this beautiful multidisciplinary works, how do you use that to go back to writing to to help you influence the work that you're going to be doing moving forward? Did that have an effect on you in that way? Oh yeah, it absolutely did. Because again, it just, it gave me a greater sense of self-confidence. It gave me a greater sense of self. And it just, it gave me a deeper appreciation for art in general and just all mediums of art. You know, I was so fortunate to be able to work with artists who I respect so deeply and admire so much. Mm. And just seeing like the level of care and passion and honestly, just like raw unbridled talent that everyone carried with them and how this was like, this was an experience that, you know, people, um, I feel very fortunate that people felt comfortable sharing their vulnerabilities with us and with me. And so there was a lot of really vulnerable, vulnerable art in this show, very vulnerable work. And so I think that also kind of gave me a little bit of courage because I was able to see, you know, I'm meeting most of these people for the first time or we're getting to know each other through this process and they're so comfortable sharing so much of themselves and their work. Mm-hmm. So it just gave me um, an extra boost of courage to do that in my own writing, I think. Oh, that's awesome. So what kind of works do you have lined up right now that you're chipping away at or working on that mm-hmm. are taking up a lot of your bandwidth? <laughs> well, I definitely, <laughs> I made the decision to myself the other day. I was like, I have to submit to more literary magazines in 2023. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely working on um, some poetry and prose for that. But currently I'm also um, the managing editor of an independently owned and operated black and queer arts and dialogue mag- magazine. It's called Skew Magazine. And so just working on that and, you know, working on, you know, uh, curating and editing um, a beautiful composition of all of these different artists globally and from across the diaspora. And mm. yeah, really enjoying that experience as well. And I've also been working on a high fantasy novel for oh, okay. a couple of years now. Nice. <laughs> it's taking, taking me a while, <laughs> but one day it will be completed. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. So can you give us a little bit of what the, the high fantasy novel is, or is that top secret right now? You don't have to disclose. Uh, no. I can, I can definitely, um, yeah, give a little sneak peek. It's, um, so I'm, I'm really into, uh, Greek mythology. So it is a kind of modern, I would say very feminist take on the Hades and Persephone myth. And it Mm. is told from the lens of what if the Persephone archetype had more agency and it also develops almost like in a game of Thrones style way. So Mm. she comes into the underworld um, you know, the Hades equivalent in this story is this sort of like mad king who's very tyrannical and, you know, wants all of this power and control and influence. And so she, as his bride, stages a coup against him and kind of takes over oh, wow. the underworld and the kingdom and frees the prisoners there. So that's that's, that's basically awesome. yeah. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> oh, it's gonna be great. I mean, I know that it's a huge effort to put together a novel, but that sounds like something that's gonna 
keep you busy and will be really incredible when it comes out. So, uh, yeah, very exciting stuff. Um, so tell me about the work that you're doing as managing editor. Uh, this sounds like a, like a huge task. You got a lot on your plate here with this. Can you describe a little bit what that process is? Because it is a form of curation, I imagine, but also let's get a little bit deeper on that. Uh, what is, what is the managing editor role? Uh, and how are you making it yours? Mm. Um, it's a lot of technical work. So there is, you know, there is a clerical component to it where it's a lot of data entry and data management. Um, but I would say in terms of how I'm making it my own, you know, through the copywriting and the copy editing, um, it's a lot of PR work, which is all very new to me, but very exciting. <laughs> so um, just being able to really kind of push my writing in that way um, to really again, it is almost like a different expression of, of vulnerability in its own way to mm. be able to pour all of what I feel so passionate about in relation to this project into the writing in that way. And then also just being able to meet with and connect with different artists mm. and, you know, hear their stories. I just spoke recently with um, a care worker and a doula from Chicago. Their name is Rise Osby, O-S-B-Y. Mm. And, you know, just being able to hear their story and their journey of how they came from um, the traditional medical school format and then decided to pursue holistic care and become a doula and a care worker, you know, just hearing those stories and being able to, you know, extract pieces of wisdom from people here and there, mm -hmm. um, creatives and people who are just focused on healing and living like the fullest embodiment of their expression uh, has been very inspiring to me, very empowering. And then it also just feels good to do the work in and of itself, you know, because it is a medium that is giving a platform to marginalized voices. That's something that's very important to me in everything that I do. So it just makes me feel really good to same thing with, you know, when I curated the show to be able to give a stage to people who I think are immensely talented and who deeply, deeply deserve that stage. So, yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be, correct me if I'm wrong, a huge part of where you're coming from, this responsibility or this drive to provide platforms for maybe underserved voices, maybe folks who don't really have a chance to to present their point of view. Is that mm -hmm. something that you have naturally gravitated to or have you developed that over time or have you always had that since you were younger? I think I've always had it since I was younger. And the more that I do this work and pursue my art, the more that that starts to unfold for me. But, you know, I think, again, you know, I've always been someone who's felt very different from other people and, you know, very much like, it's hard to describe. I mean, even, you know, like in high school, like I was always like the weird girl and, you know, <laughs> that way my whole life. And so, you know, I was always someone who would recognize that in other people and, and you know, or see a kinship in people who were different or who had experiences that were, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe not considered uh, traditional in their experience and their expression or, you know, had personalities that were left to center, or even just people who live a, a marginalized existence who come from like intersecting identities. I come from a very blended background. So just people who are trying to exist in this world, mm -hmm. um, you know, with conditions that the world and society tells us are not necessarily congruent with who they are as individuals it's just always been very important for me to gravitate towards those people because I feel like I understand what those experiences are like. And, 
you know, I just want those people to have their moment because I think mm-hmm. the more that people see that and the more that that exists in the world, the more humane our world becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And it's a, a very noble cause that we have to take on, especially as people of color, you know, there's, there's still quite a long ways to go um, to make sure that representation is available uh, for younger generations. So mm-hmm. is this something that you think about as you're writing your own work and developing sort of like, say, in the high fantasy work that you're going to be uh, putting together? How much of that is at the forefront of of a project like that? I think it's completely at the forefront of it because it's so it's so core to who I am. Mm-hmm. Again, even as someone who comes from um, a multicultural background, um, you know, it's just it's it's so it's so essential to I think everything that I understand about myself, everything that I understand about the world, about family roots, um, personal history, people as a whole. So, you know, I don't necessarily know if it's, if you can even get away from that perspective when you're creating art, if you do come from that background. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's very, it's very integral to, I would say every aspect of my creativity, because also I think, you know, a big part of what I do and what I feel called to express through my art is just the importance of vulnerability, being within your vulnerability, being able to mm-hmm. express yourself um, you know, and I think as a woman of color, um, that's also extremely important. You know, I think that oftentimes, especially as black women, you know, we feel this need to be very strong and kind of take on the world all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important to, you know, allow yourself to have rest. It's important to allow yourself to express whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your soul. And this is true of all people, but yeah. You know, I just, I always want to hopefully, again, like, as I was saying earlier in working with um, the artists in the show that I curated, who were able to give me a little bit of courage and confidence through their yeah. vulnerability, like, I would love to be able to inspire other people in a similar way to just, you know, be open and be expressive, because I think that's, that's what we need right now. You know, exactly. we need to be able to care for each other, and we need to be able to communicate with each other and express um, what's, what's hurting us because, you know, a lot of, um, you know, the experience of modern life can be very difficult and can Mm -hmm. be very challenging. And I think if we, you know, make the space to acknowledge that, especially because, you know, our world moves so quickly, what social media and the internet, and we really just need to take time to connect to ourselves and what we're really thinking about and feeling and experiencing. So all of that is incredibly important to me. And I think it's just integral to um, any form of self-expression. Yeah. No, that's really incredible to hear because I find it so fascinating that the idea of rest, of being vulnerable, of, of actually being honest about being a human being, right? Like the basic things that we need as human beings is like yeah. negated by our society. Like we're frowned upon for wanting that rest or our bodies needing that sort of um vulnerability do you think that um obviously like i personally believe that writing is just a great method of of tuning into that but do you feel that writing is a spiritual practice that can kind of provide those sorts of things uh i tend to feel it it depends on what mood i'm in you know writing sometimes is a very emotional impactful deeply rooted kind of thing and then other times it's like this thing i got to do 
or, you know, <laughs> a fight with the craft. So I'm curious how you feel about it uh, or if it fluctuates with you as well. Oh, 100%. What you said about it being a fight with the craft <laughs> <laughs> resonates so heavily and so deeply with me. Yeah. Um, and yes, I also agree that it's, it's a very spiritual process. I would say that the best writing that I've done up to this point has come from a deep space of ritual, mm. you know, whether it's like I've just come out of meditation or, um, you know, just again, that, that deep place of introspection where you can really get quiet and listen mm -hmm. to yourself yeah. and feel what needs to be expressed, feel what needs to come out of you. You know, it's, it's, um, it's like a form of shadow work almost where you're bringing things out and mm -hmm. without judgment. And you're just saying, this is how I feel. And this is what needed to be expressed at this particular moment in time. So I think that it is a very spiritual process because it's the act of, uh, you know, self-renewal and, mm -hmm. you know, being able to purge and clear things out and make way for new ideas and um, sources of inspiration and the like. Um, so, yeah, writing yeah. has always been very spiritual for me. And I think like the more that I make the commitment to pursue writing and pursue art and pursue creativity the more deeply rooted in my spirituality it becomes because I almost think that the two are inseparable in a way. Like mm -hmm. I see, um, you know, like the, have you heard of the book, um, the artist's way? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's on my bookshelf. Yeah. I like that. Yes, one. yes, yes, yeah. yes. I, um, unfortunately I'm forgetting the name of, of the author, the woman who oh, wrote Julia. it. Yeah. Yeah. Julia. Julia. Yes. Yeah. I was just watching an interview with her recently and she was talking about, you know, writing as this, um, your creativity rather as this uh, spiritual force in and of itself. Uh -huh. you know? And so I, I definitely tend to agree with that. Yeah. 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 No, I think it's a, it's a wonderful sentiment and it definitely helps me get through the more difficult days. I should say looking at making time for spirituality, for creativity, for output in general, how do you make this work? As you've mentioned, you're a student as well. You're doing a lot of stuff right now. Uh, you're, you're a managing editor and, and this, this other kind of stuff. Yeah. How do you make it work right now? I just prioritize it. I just make it a point to make time for it. Even if it's, you know, um, 10 minutes a day, I just always make sure that I set aside time in my day for it because I think it's very important. And for me, if I'm not consistently connecting to it, then like something will start to feel off. Like <laughs> I won't, I won't quite feel like myself. So it's, you know, I see it as an act of self-care. Mm -hmm. um, I really do to, you know, say, okay, I have done all of this today. Like, you know, I've, I've done my classwork, I've worked, I've done this, yeah. you know, but it's most important that before I go to bed at night or, you know, I'll wake up extra early or whatever the case may be and just set aside 10 minutes or so to either try and write something very brief, even if it's just like a stream of consciousness writing, but also mm -hmm. just make time to ground myself um, spiritually as well. Yeah. No, that's great that you mentioned that. I think that lately I've gotten into this habit of writing really short stuff because, you know, like some, some years are busier than others. And I've realized that I need to focus on the time that I have. And so that's been so effective because sometimes I only have 30 minutes or I only have 15. So what are we going to do with that? Um, I think it's proven to be a really effective practice. Um, do you have things that have worked for you in the past, um, like to, to get the output going, because I know that some of us fight writer's block or, or, you know, maybe need to find tactics, right. To make this happen. Yeah. Are there some other tried and true 
<laughs> tools that you've uh, yeah. kind of found along the way? I would say the biggest one is probably for me has just been um, having compassion for myself. And again, being able to check in with myself and see if the creativity is going to come to me today. Like I always try to stay spiritually grounded consistently, mm -hmm. but you know, I hear a lot of discourse about this online in relation to, you know, how many words should you be writing a day, for instance. Yeah. And um, I remember I saw this, this Neil Gaiman tweet where he mentioned that he wrote, uh, I think he wrote Coraline at like 50 words a night. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> he just had a notebook that he kept by the side of his bed and he just, every night, 50 yeah. words, put it yeah. down. I think what's most important is just consistency. And mm -hmm. consistency doesn't necessarily need to look like an everyday, I'm going to write 2,000 words and like go as hard as I possibly can. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be that. I think it's just as valid if you say to yourself, you know what, I only have the mental capacity to write 30 words today. I only have the space to work on this portion of this piece of art right now. I can only commit to this one thing. I only have, like you said, 15, 30 minutes to spare. Uh -huh. But it's important that, you know, I'm going to continue it and I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to be hard on myself because I'm not meeting standards that may not reflect um, what's right for me. Yeah. You know, so I think it's just important to not compare yourself to other people and to just understand that we are all different. We are all unique in our expression and our, you know, levels of um, uh, availability emotionally, mentally, energetically, whatever the case may be, and just recognize that that's okay. And you just move to the beat of your own unique rhythm and it's all valid and it's all perfectly wonderful. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I, I really want to thank you for your time here. I just got a couple more questions to be mindful mm -hmm. uh, of your of your day. Can you share a couple of things that you're enjoying right now, whether it's uh, literature or art, something that really inspired you to continue on your creative journey? Um, it can be anything, anything new. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I'm reading a lot of. Um, uh, French theory right now. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just so, it's, it's so interesting. I'm, I'm a really big philosophy buff. And so I'm really interested in the way that, um, specifically like French feminist existentialism, like I can connect that to, again, like a higher sense of purpose in this world mm -hmm. and just kind of, you know, reading about how people understand humanity from this broader concept than just like the physical and the tangible that it's like there's such a specific level of consciousness that goes into the human experience that thusly warrants that every human being is entitled to the same level of love and care and respect but to hear it described from such a grand perspective i think has been very inspiring to me um and like slightly less um pretentious <laughs> like, i really enjoyed the white lotus like i just finished the white lotus yeah. recently and that was like <laughs> awesome oh, um and then i would say well it's not like a new interest but you know one of the people who i always kind of say is like my creative fairy god father if you will <laughs> is um i really love tyler the creator i have like a oh picture man of he's great my wall back there. oh yeah yeah there he is <laughs> and you know he's just been we grew up like in the same area and so i think you know his his music reminds me a lot of 
home and like certain sounds and things that I picked up on when I was growing up, but also um, just again, like his commitment to just being himself and yeah. all of himself and fully expressing himself and, you know, making art that just aligns solely with his own rhythm, with his mm -hmm. own vulnerabilities, with his own experience. Yeah. Um, and being able to take risks um, despite doing things that may be left of center because he's a very left of center person. That's just always, been, <laughs> that's always been extremely inspiring to me personally. So yeah, okay. I love, I love him. Man, to he's, he's so admirable in, in a variety yeah. of ways, super talented, but I also think like you said, he's not holding back. He's, yeah. he's legitimately just emanating his own vibe. And yes. I think that is so admirable. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, white Lotus season two, I've yet to watch, but the first one was amazing. I, oh, I love it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, coming back to the idea of polarity, right? You have just sort of the internal thing that, uh, that you're carrying around your, your own personal experiences, your own home, right? You, you have this this connection right that maybe comes out in your work and your writing but now you're trying to reconcile it with a larger existential bigger than life kind of yeah. kind of thought how do you feel about those two ends of the spectrum clashing in your work do you think that that's how is that something that's serving your work i guess i should say we've kind of talked about it in so many mm -hmm. words but like mm -hmm. i'm curious about it because i'm constantly on the existential absurd end of life just kind of thinking of those things. And <laughs> it's too. difficult for me to center myself back to, yeah. to home base if there is such mm -hmm. a thing. So mm -hmm. I guess maybe the question is, do you feel like you're going off the deep end? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, yes, definitely. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, I have fully crossed the threshold, but I, <laughs> I think that my art and my writing specifically is the thing that grounds me and, you know, brings me back. Um, and gives me the strength to be able to overcome my own anxiety um, or things that might otherwise get in the way in relation to me continuing to pursue this path and me continuing to um, express myself in this way. Uh, I think that for a lot of artists, um, you know, there's a there's a certain kernel of truth that you realize at a certain point where kind of like what we discussed in relation to the artist's way, these two forces, they are polar opposites, but they can't really exist without the other. Um, I think that in order to really understand yourself, you have to pull from this greater creative force. And in order to pull from this greater creative force, you have to really understand yourself. And so I think that anyone who is an artist or who has chosen to pursue this path or who has this dream of you know, expressing themselves in this way and making this a reality. Um, you know, I think that's kind of something that's inevitable. And I think people come to that realization at, at varying levels and, you know, at different moments and points in their life. But again, I, I would say it's all valid. Um, all interpretation of this experience is valid. Um, and also I think the thing that is most grounding in terms of um, bringing you back is to just trust and have faith mm -hmm. that your experience is specifically catered to you and for you and every part of it is beautiful and worth experiencing and worth integrating into your life and worth expressing with other people because that's truly um the most beautiful aspect of life i think when you can connect those those two polar opposites and being able to give that to other people 
um, you know, gives them the freedom to do the same and experience a full Mm -hmm. um, grasp of, of the human condition, I think. Yeah. That's really incredible. Quite a beautiful statement. And it kind of ties into what I was going to ask you as my last question on what you think success means as a writer. Mm -hmm. Like, have you decided what that is for you? And you, I think you, you pretty much summed it up, <laughs> you, but I'm, I'm curious if you, if you figured that out or you feel like, what does it yeah. mean to be successful for you as a creative, as a, as a writer? Yeah, I, I just figured it out recently, actually, like within the last couple of weeks, I was like, okay, this is what it is. <laughs> or I'm comfortable with this and I'm going to integrate this. Um, yeah, I think that the experience again of wanting to be an artist, of going through something, whatever that may be, and feeling so profoundly moved by it that you feel the need to um, express it through a medium is such an intense journey. And there are so many different things that you have to go through personally and externally in order to get to that point where you can just make the thing. And then you have to have the courage and the confidence to be able to share the thing and bring other people into that experience with you if you have created or done anything, and if you've been brave enough to put it out there, and even if it only resonated with one or two people, that is success. I fundamentally believe that because it's just such a profound, you have to walk with such a great sense of self, I think, when you're a creative person. And if you are able to do that and execute something and see it all the way through without getting derailed, without getting in your own head about it, and just through trusting that it deserves to exist in the world, I think that's successful. I think that, you know, it's like, this is such a huge, there's like, what, like 8 billion people in the world. And, you know, if you're able to do anything that reaches anyone, like that's such a profound achievement. And, you know, I, I, I really, I really want people to, to internalize that. And I wish more people would, you know, it's a profound achievement to have done this, if you have published a book, if you have started a podcast, if you have, you know, put a song out into the world, um, if you have a comic that you're working on, whatever the case may be, if you have done the thing, you have literally bended and shifted and like reshaped your reality around your own truth. Like that's profound. Yeah. That's a powerful note to end on. I think that's a, a really wonderful uh, way to address it and super inspiring for me. I think that's exactly what yeah. we needed to hear today. So, Bria, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this, of course, but also for being such a voice for marginalized folks, for making that a commitment, for trying to find that kind of balance, right, between the existential, the chaos of the world, and a little bit of of an anchor of order of balance, right? <laughs> and for making this uh, a beautiful experience for marginalized yeah. voices. Yeah. Or as you said yourself, uh, and I got it right here, for for the perspectives of women, black folks and queer folks, for making yeah. that a mission and for the amazing work. And I'm, I'm really glad to meet you and I hope that I get to, you. you know, see more of your work as it comes online. Absolutely. It was great to meet you too. This was a wonderful experience. And thank you for the recommendations. I'm going to go back and listen to Tyler, the creator, a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, it was such a pleasure, Bree. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday, and I'll be in touch real soon on the internet. Okay, awesome. <laughs> okay. Take care. Bye. Bye.